music. It brings us all together. Whether it's hip-hop, jazz, classical, soul, funk, new age, heavy metal, punk rock, dance, folk, disco, ska. No matter what side of the train track the musician's from, they have stories. This is And Now You Know. Musicians have the best stories, and you'll get them here. We'll talk music history, stories from the road, and hear about some of the best moments in music. Welcome to And Now You Know. Now your host, Tim Fortner. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in today. You're in for a treat. Bill Dance, the man behind the UT cap. We're not going to be talking fishing tips. We're going to be talking about Bill Dance. Are you ready? Here we go. Hello, Mr. Bill Dance. Got you, Tim. How are you doing? I am doing well, sir. How are you? I am just happy as a rabbit in a lettuce patch. I just wish well, the weather would settle you down. I, you know, I was wondering if you're getting out to do any ice fishing. Well, I've been going some, and uh, I'm having – it's hit and miss. I have some fair days and uh, bad bad days and then a few good days. But it's uh, – fish have got to eat uh, to survive. So, But it's slow presentations, and uh, you've got to psych yourself to believe you're not going to catch as many fish. Um this time of the year you'd normally catch when conditions are better but uh at least you're out fishing and doing what you love to do i do understand that bill thanks for taking the uh, time to talk with us today who who actually taught you how to fish well uh, you know i was blessed as a youngster growing up that uh i had the greatest gift of all i had uh a daddy and a granddaddy that uh introduced me to this sport and especially my granddaddy my my daddy uh both both being doctors my daddy was more of a a city doctor but my granddaddy was a country doctor and uh he spent more time i spent more time with him uh, in middle tennessee living over at lynchburg and uh, he spent more time with me uh, on the creeks and uh, small ponds and uh, smaller lakes. And I learned a lot more from him about anatomy, how fish hear, how fish see. Uh, and then as I grew older, he began to teach me more about fishing techniques. Uh, although my father was more into hunting than fishing. He was uh, more of a skeet shooter and uh, uh, what hoity-toity doctors do. They uh, spend a lot of time on the skeet ranges and and go on elaborate hunts and pheasant hunts and uh, duck hunts. And uh, I didn't I didn't do a lot of that. Uh, I did some with my dad, but uh, right. my grandfather was more of a, a, a mentor as far as teaching me the fundamentals and uh, how to spool a reel, how to make, how to bait cast, how to uh, uh, tie knots, how to right. s- select certain types of. Uh, how to look for bait, how to catch bait in the creek, how to do
dig worms, where to dig worms, how to look for bait and horseweed worms, how to look for stava worms, and uh, I just learned a lot from my granddad. Uh, and you know, you know, Bill, I, I don't think that. Um I think that for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because of uh, uh, this generation or the the past generation, but it seems like the video games and and social media and different things have taken up more of people's time, and they don't get out and do that with their children anymore, you know, such as uh, show them how to dig up worms, and uh, everybody just wants to go to the store and just buy the fresh worms, you know, and uh, do you agree with that? I mean, is that about what you think? Well, you know, there's it, it's sad to say there's just a lot of one-parent families today, mm-hmm. and mothers and dads, uh, you know, the dads have the children for a period of time, the mothers have the children, for, and we live in such a fast-paced world. Uh, I do a lot of, go to a lot of uh, little fishing rodeos uh, in the late spring and mid early summer, and I see the, uh, the hunger for kids that really want to fish and want to learn how to fish, and I have mothers ask me, uh, uh, what kind of equipment should I buy? Um, uh, where, where can I take my child fishing? Uh, how do you teach a child to cast? Uh, what, uh, what kind of lures should I buy for him? Uh, how do you pack a tackle box? Uh, and just simple fundamental things that uh, a, a dad could teach him if he fished, but the dad's mm-hmm. not around. And right. it's uh, it, it's kind of sad in so many ways, but as a result of uh, COVID, the, the year, the two years that we had a a major, major upswing in fishing, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. didn't have a lot to do, and so they took up they took up fishing, and our industry had a, a major, major upswing. And right. as a result of that, uh, tackle sales boomed, boat sales boomed, lure sales boomed, and now it's kind of leveled off again. But uh, we it showed that uh, I know the state of Tennessee, we had uh, a major sale in license, uh, non-resident mm-hmm. license, resident license sales increased, uh, tourism increased. Uh, so... The uh, fishing is on the upswing. We have so many lakes. Fishing, hunting has gotten to be such an expensive sport. Right. And more and more kids are learning to fish. Uh, I just talked to a young angler, a high school angler in Georgia. He's number two on the high school uh, uh, fishing teams across the state of Georgia, mm-hmm. and uh, just and then you have the collegiate uh, group of anglers, right. and then you have the uh, the pro uh, team of anglers. So we have a, a swing of uh, high school fishermen. Uh, we have um, that is really really getting into the sport uh, mm-hmm. with tournaments and. Uh, it's it's growing at a rapid rate, and then right. the collegiate, uh, the collegiate uh, is big time. Right. Uh, it, it, just in the state of Tennessee, you'd be surprised at how many high schools uh, have fishing teams, and then how many collegiate teams are in the state of Tennessee. 
Right. And then how many are in the southeast, in the Midwest, in the southwest uh, collegiate teams? It's it's really really big, and then right. not counting, not counting the uh, the other tournaments, the national tournaments that are going on across the country. So fishing is on the upswing, and the reason for that is that. Uh, fishing is a 12-month-a-year thing, and fishermen mm-hmm. are realizing that, that uh, our reservoirs, uh, our lakes are easy to get to with interstate travel the way they are today. Mm-hmm. Wearing apparel is uh, uh, warm. Uh, it's uh, easy to dress for uh, right. winter-type fishing, cold-weather fishing. And fishermen are learning to fish colder weather uh, and learning how to adapt. You just have to, to adapt. adapt. You just have to yeah, adapt. They're, they're right. They're learning how to, to adapt. So, um, so you know, you, you talked about earlier, you talked about a, a grandmother asking you about uh, the different aspects of, of what she needed to do to help her, her grandchild fish. When you're on camera, do you see yourself as more of a teacher or more of an entertainer? Well, you know, that's a good question because when we started out, uh, I started out at, um, uh, when I started local, when I started the fishing show, actually, uh, I started on an ABC affiliate here in Memphis on Channel mm-hmm. 13, and Lance Russell was a program director. Okay. And Lance, Lance asked me a question. He said, Bill, uh, I went to Channel 3, the CBS affiliate, and then to Channel 5, the NBC affiliate, and they turned me down, and I was I felt pretty rejected. And my wife, Diane, she said, uh, never say quit. You, right. you, you, I always think positive. Doesn't ABC and Channel 13, uh, ABC, aren't they sports-minded? And I said, yeah. She said, well, why don't you get up in the morning and go out there and talk to them? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I don't think. She said, there you go again. Don't think negative. Think positive. <laughs> the mind is a mighty powerful thing. And I said, okay. So I went out to Channel 13, and I didn't time it right. I got there about 10 minutes or 12. And bless her heart, Elizabeth was her name, the switchboard operator. And I said, I'd like to talk to the program director. And she mm-hmm. said, well, Bill, he, you know, he's gone to lunch right now. They they go to lunch. And I said, well, I'll sit here and wait on him. She said, well, there may be two hours before they get back. And I said, I don't care. I'll wait. <laughs> and uh, so I struck up a conversation with her. And she went and got me a Coke and some cheese crackers. And we sat there and carried on a good conversation. And I told her what I wanted to do. And she thought it was a great idea. And surprisingly, Lance came in about 30 minutes later. He came in the back door and went up the back steps. And she said, well, you know, Lance is back. He must have had a short lunch. Let me see if he'll see you. Mm-hmm. And he said, yes, yeah, send Bill right on up. So I went up the front steps and the third door on the right. And when I walked in his office, he stood up and walked to the door and shook my hand and pulled a chair up beside his desk. And he said, uh, greeted me with open arms and just said, tell me, Bill, what you, what, 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 what have you got in mind? And I said, I'd like to do a local fishing show. And he said, well, that's interesting. 
uh, let's talk about it. You know, at one time, I used to do a local fishing show at WBBJ in Jackson, Tennessee on Fly 7. I said, really? Well, we had something in common. Mm -hmm. And I told him what I wanted to do, and he said, what kind of format? And I said, I want to educate fishermen. And he said, I like it. And I said, wow. I'd like to talk to him about where to go, uh, the local lakes in the Memphis area, discuss that for the upcoming weekend, to do a Friday night show or a Thursday night show, to talk about what lakes are, are good for the weekend fishermen. I'd like to mm -hmm. talk about techniques on fishing, uh, how, to, how to balance out equipment, how to uh, tie knots, uh, how to fish certain type lures, summer, fall, winter, mm -hmm. spring. Uh, how to fish cold water, hot water, muddy water, clear water. How to fish lowland to midland to highland type lakes. Right. And uh, how to fish moving water and different species of fish from white mm -hmm. bass to sauger to crappie to catfish. And he said, I like it. I like it. I wow. like the educational aspect of it. And he said, uh, and I said, I think what I want to do, Lance, I, I think if you can entertain and educate at the same time, you've got the best part of both worlds. And he said, let's do it. And wow. he said, I think we got to get a sponsor. And I knew of a sponsor that would probably do it, and that was Surplus mm -hmm. City down on uh, South Bellevue. Mm -hmm. And I contacted them, and they agreed to sponsor it. And that that was the beginning. That that spawned Bill Dance Outdoors. Well, actually, it spawned Bill. It spawned Outdoors with Bill Dance, and we had uh, uh, a TV guy that used to come out back then. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, after a month or so, I noticed I'd go to I'd tell somebody to watch the show, and they said, "Well, it, it didn't come on at the time you said." I said, "What do you mean?" They said, "Well, we looked, and uh, it was uh, we looked at our TV guide, and it said just outdoors." Mm -hmm. And I said, well, that's not right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I checked into it, and the TV guide said, well, we don't have room to put outdoors with Bill Dance. We oh, just no. put outdoors. And I said, well, I tell you what, we're going to change that right now. We're going to change it from outdoors with Bill Dance to Bill Dance Outdoors. There you go. So they flip-flopped it, and they put Bill Dance Outdoors, and we changed it from outdoors with Bill Dance to Bill Dance Outdoors. And now, how many years ago do you think that was? That was in 1968. Wow. And wow. Uh, 1968, 1960. So we've been doing television now for almost... Oh goodness, fifty some years. Wow! And then we um, we did local, and then we syndicate. And then with well, the local, a sister station in Jackson, Mississippi, an ABC affiliate, picked, asked me would I do a show for them, and I said sure. And then their sister station, WBRZ, 
Channel uh, 2 in Baton Rouge said, would you do one for us? And I said, yeah. And then Paducah, Kentucky, J.C. Penney was selling sporting goods back back in those days. They said, would you do one for us? And I said, sure. Well, I was doing four markets, 52 weeks a year, Mm -hmm. 208 shows a year. Right. And you can add that up, you know, four markets, 52 weeks, four times 52 is 208. And I was running up and down. I was running from Baton Rouge to, but I would use the same, I got to the point where I was rotating the footage and showing fishing from Kentucky Lake, Real Foot, the Mississippi River at Tiptonville, Pickwick. I was showing shows at Baton Rouge, that, Mm -hmm. and I was showing shows from Baton Rouge and Memphis, and I was mixing the shows up. And I was shooting my my own shows, editing my own shows, producing everything, calling the guests, lining up the guests. It was a nightmare. And um, (laughs) I I did that for a period of time, trying to fish tournaments. And uh, finally, I gave my show to a good friend of mine in Baton Rouge. And then another good friend of mine, I gave it. I gave the show to him in Jackson. Mm-hmm. I dropped the show in Paducah, and I kept the show in Memphis for oh, a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And then we syndicated Bill Dance Outdoors, and it went into a, a network. And the network, uh, we syndicated 50 markets, and then it went into 90, 90 markets across the country, and syndication got so expensive, cable was coming on, and this was Mm -hmm. back in the late 70s. Mm -hmm. Uh, We moved to ESPN, and ESPN was a good network. When we blanketed southern Canada, the United States, uh, Mm -hmm. we were in Guam, we were everywhere ESPN was, and we were from Miami to New York to Toronto to... Uh, 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 Syracuse, I mean, all the way to uh, Vancouver, to San Diego, to uh, uh, throughout the Midwest, throughout the Southeast, from Atlanta to Memphis, to Raleigh, to New York, to Minneapolis, to to Boise, to you name it. We were everywhere with ESPN. But we couldn't we didn't hit the niche that 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 loyal buying niche that we really wanted and mm-hmm. after a couple of years with um ESPN a little network popped up over in Nashville Tennessee called TNN the Nashville network right right and we looked at that and buddy that was we moved to it and we hit a home run it was a perfect niche demographics were just perfect for us and right. we moved to, we moved to the national network and when we did we picked up uh Chevrolet we picked up Walmart we picked up Perina we picked up we picked up several key national sponsors and just we hit a home run right and uh it uh our ratings just soared and we we stayed with Walmart. I've always stayed with uh, TNN, 
for 15 years mm-hmm. and and just hit a home run. Demographics were there. The numbers were there. Right. They they had bull riding. They had NASCAR. They right. had, yep. They had everything in that in that um, in that that B right in that B market. And and they just didn't have finally, the fishing in there yet. Huh? And and they just they didn't have the fishing in there yet. Yeah, but they, they had, had everything else. There. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of other fishing shows moved in there also, and mm. um, and everybody was doing just great. And finally, right. uh, Gaylord Enterprises, uh, Opera Land, they made some major changes in Viacom, mm-hmm. bought them out, and there we were. Uh, what are we going to do? So we moved to uh, we moved our show to NBC Sports mm-hmm. uh, Discovery Channel to the Sportsman Channel and to the uh, Outdoor Channel. So we right. were running on four we were running on four networks with the Sportsman Channel, the Outdoor Channel, NBC Sports, and um, Discovery Channel. Well, we right. found out after about three or four years, our loyal our market seemed to be with the Outdoor Channel and with the Sportsman Channel. Mm-hmm. So we kept our saltwater show with the Sportsman Channel, and we kept our uh, freshwater show with the Outdoor Channel. And we mm-hmm. found that uh, we knew that NBC Sports was going with a completely different format. They were going all sports, and they weren't interested as much in fishing. So we dropped them, and the cost on Discovery was skyrocketing. Right. They had a different type of format, so we dropped them and saved quite a bit in uh, broadcast expense. And so we stayed with the out. Outdoor Channel. So now we're running with uh, a Canadian network. We're it's um, and doing real well with them, Good. and uh, doing real well with uh, the Sportsman Channel and with uh, the Outdoor Channel. So that's where now, we are now. And, and now, now you, social you, you, media is really doing well. And that's what I was getting ready to ask you. You know, you you obviously you're a trendsetter for outdoor fishing programming. Where do you see it going? Social media, probably. Oh, social media is strong. It's 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 stronger than a hundred acres of fresh cut garlic. We we just got a a plaque from the president of uh, of uh, YouTube that we just surpassed a hundred thousand subscribers, and uh, got a beautiful beautiful plaque from um, the from YouTube. Uh, right. We're pushing right at two million uh, views on. Uh, on social media overall, uh, social media is extremely strong, and we do we do big big numbers with uh, uh, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all all four of them. Uh, even, right. Uh, uh, well, all the net all the social media networks, right. and. Uh, so well now somebody who's going to to look at the the social media bill let's say that they're going to walk down the aisle in in Bass Pro or they're going to walk down the aisle in Walmart wherever they go to buy their their fishing lures how can someone uh 
how can someone with a with a cane pole, how can a kid or an adult and worms, how can they relate to you without having to use all of the uh, all of the uh, different lures? How can how can you relate that to you? Well, we try we we try to do one or two children's programs a year. We do thirty nine mm-hmm. original shows a year, and we try to do. Uh, we don't have a cane boat sponsor. We do have a live bait sponsor, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, we thought we'd never have. But we we do have a, a real good one. But uh, uh, we we do have kid shows, and we try to show fundamentals on how to showing a kid how to how to how to cast the best equipment to use we try to not expensive equipment we try to promote zebco as mm-hmm. a fundamental zebco taught america how to fish and we showed mm-hmm. try to show fundamentals with children on how to how to use equipment uh how to pack a tackle box. We we try to teach children use lures that work for them instead of them trying to work the lure. Uh, simple lures. Uh, mm-hmm. We try to educate that way, and um, we uh, uh, we have uh, uh, we we just try to do. Um, we try to do as much education as we can through articles. We mm-hmm. we just finished uh, our thirteenth book uh, called Fish Tales, and it just hit the market the first of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not it's it's much it's more of a it's more of a just funny stories that right. inspired in my life. But we're working on another book. An educational book on how tos, and it'll mm-hmm. probably be out by summer. And okay. that would be more of an educational book on how to buy a tackle, how to select tackle, how to select the right rod and reel. You know, if you buy, you got a youngster that's five years old. You don't want to go in a store and buy that youngster a rod that's seven feet long. He can't. He mm-hmm. can't. He can't operate a rod that long. You want to match the tackle to the age of the of the child. You'd, you'd buy more like a five foot rod for him, where he could have right. that type rod. You'd yep. buy him more. You wouldn't want to buy him an open face reel. You'd want to buy him uh, a closed face reel, and you teach him the fundamentals of it, a lightweight. And then as he graduates, as he moves up in life. He would graduate to a little bit better piece of equipment, and as he gets older, he goes. He, he graduates to to more sophisticated type equipment. But you don't start a you don't start a child off with uh, high price equipment. It's the right. way you teach him to fish. You don't take a child on productive trips every time you go fishing because you burn him out quick. Nor do right. you take a child on non productive trips. You burn him out that way too. You don't want to take yep. a child fishing. You don't catch anything. You don't catch anything. You don't catch anything. You don't catch anything. You soon burn him out. Yep. But we're working with a we're working with the governor, Governor Bill Lee, and Go, uh, Governor Lee gave us a lot of money. Gave us um, about eighteen thousand dollars to work on. Um, uh, a bunch of lakes across the state of Tennessee, uh, build and signature lakes in depressed areas to re- restore these lakes to make them crackerjack lakes. And the lake closest to Memphis would be one would be Herb Parson, 
we mm-hmm. we've gone in there, and that lake will be a crackerjack lake, especially if we call that a, a, a fun friendly lake, a family mm-hmm. a family fun lake, where mm-hmm. children can go out there and catch catfish and bluegill. We didn't target it as a bass lake because bass lakes are just too hard to to manage. But right. we're working real hard, and we'll have that lake. We're, we're already working on the lake right now okay. uh, with the state of Tennessee, with Tennessee Tourism, and with under Governor Lee's uh, uh, with the state. So that's going to be a crackerjack lake. And we'll probably have little fishing clinics out there with kids and showing them mm-hmm. fundamentals um, as we progress. Um That'll be our first lake, and I think our second lake is uh, Fall Creek Fall, a little bit further east of here. But right. those are, and then Browns Creek, uh, one of the Natchez Trace lakes. But and then uh, we, we've got uh, bigger lakes where we're going to do improvement on ramps, uh, mm-hmm. on uh, bathrooms and stuff like Real Foot and Pickwick. Uh, Dale Hollow, Chickamauga, some of our bigger lakes. But uh, right. uh, Governor Lee realized that uh, uh, a lot of these lakes in depressed areas uh, needed some support, and uh, we could generate a lot of business uh, right. and, and, and bring a lot of tourism to those areas, you know, People love to catch yep. fish, and we know we know for a fact that what we can do to those lakes with the team that we have behind us, with Tennessee Wildlife and the team that we've hired, uh, we can generate uh, and produce a lake that will just people can come to and catch fish and catch lots of fish, and we know how right. to do it, and that's what we're in the process of doing right now. Well, well Bill, tell. Tell us, uh, to, to wrap things up, a couple of things here. Tell us about your sunglasses and cap. I've had questions about that. What's the story oh. of your of your cap? Well, the cap, uh, the cap really started uh, at the University of Tennessee. Um, I used to get phone calls uh, from the athletic department. And when Coach Doug Dickey was there, and uh, Doug Dickey was coaching the, the volunteers in football, and uh, then Doug Dickey became uh, uh, he became a uh, came the AD, and then he left and went on and coached Florida and became the AD at Florida, and then uh, Coach Dickey came back to Tennessee as the AD athletic director. But anyway. I would, he'd have a recruit. Uh, you remember Randy Sanders, for instance? Right. Randy was a tremendous football player. Well, Randy loved to fish. So I'd get a call from recruiting and said, hey, uh, we got a recruit that really loves to fish. Call him and talk to him about Tennessee fishing. So his name is Randy Sanders, and here's his number. Well, I'd call him and I'd say, Randy, is this Bill Dance? And he said, you kidding? I said, no, I'm not kidding. It's, it's, it's really me. I just want to call and talk to you and tell you about the great fishing Tennessee has to offer. You know, the University of Tennessee has been talking to you about 
uh, joining, uh, coming and playing football to the balls. And mm-hmm. uh, I just want to tell you, we've got a great university over there, and there's over 100,000 people who watch here every week. And um, we got a big river that flows right by there. It's full of smallmouth. And uh, we've got 26 great lakes across our state. And I was serious when I told him this. I said, y'all probably will play Memphis, Memphis State. And uh, if you come to Memphis, maybe I can get with you for a half a day and take you fishing. And I was serious when I said that. And I, I, and mm-hmm. it, wasn't any, it wasn't any bull about it. I was serious when I told him that. Right, right. And I said, but we'd love for you to come to Tennessee. We know you're a tremendous athlete, and we'd love to have you as a volunteer. And uh, we talked a little bit about fishing. And uh, and he said, well, can you send me a picture? And I said, yeah, I'll send you a picture and a signed uh, ball cap. And mm-hmm. so... And then Doug Dickey, and I, I do recruits that way. I don't know if it was legal or not, but I did it. But um, right. And, and then uh, Doug Dickey sent me two Tennessee caps. Well, right after that, I wore that cap. I wore that Tennessee cap to Smith Lake in Alabama, mm-hmm. and I won that tournament. It was a BASS tournament. I wore that that cap. And then Ray Scott, who was headed up by BASS, mm-hmm. we went to Texas. We went to Texas and fished Raven, Sam Raven Reservoir. Right. Well, I won that tournament. The next tournament we had was at Raven, and I won that tournament. And somebody said, that's your lucky cap. And I said, yeah, I guess it is. But it represents my state, home state of Tennessee, and I love the the balls because I grew up with Johnny Majors and the Majors family over at Lynchburg. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then we go straight to Ross Barnett at Jackson, Mississippi, and I'd be doggone if I didn't get lucky enough, and I won that tournament. So I won three three in a row. And everybody said, boy, you better not take that cap off. So I... I took showers with it on, slept with it on. <laughs> Not really, but and then everything I've done ever since has been with this T-cap, and even my sponsors, uh, like Mercury, they they would say uh, the photographers would say, "Bill, you need to put a Mercury cap on," and the and the people at Mercury said, "No, no, 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 he needs yeah. to, he needs to wear that T-cap." And it's just been a trademark ever since. And I've been lucky from that standpoint. I didn't have to be like a NASCAR driver having to switch hats, you know, right and right. But uh, it's been a, a trademark ever since. And, you know, I did a, a – there's a guy that does a local he, – he calls the games for the Jacksonville Jack, – the Jacksonville uh, uh, pro, uh, football team, the NFL team right. down there. Yeah, the Jaguars. And, yeah, the Jaguars, and his name is Jeff Larger. And um, mm-hmm. I went to, I went down there and did a, tried to do a striper show with him right at the mouth of the St. John's, where it flows into the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, there at Jacksonville. But anyway, I did. He does a radio show, and he calls he calls the games for the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm-hmm. and. Uh, while we were doing that radio show, Doug Dickey lives in Jacksonville now. Okay. And he told me, he says, 
One of your buddies is listening to the radio show right now, Bill. He said he knows you're on you're on with me right now live. And I said, who in the world is that? And he said, he's the guy that gave you your first two Tennessee caps. And I said, he said, you know, you remember who that was? And I said, sure, I do. Coach Doug Dickey. And I said, Doug, I said, Coach, I know you can't talk back to me, but you can sure hear me. I said, these two caps that you gave me, I tell you what, I said, it gave me so much luck. I said, I started wearing them, and I've never quit wearing them. And I said, wow. sometime when I'm in Jacksonville, i got to find you, and I want to take you to dinner. I said, uh, you've been an inspiration to me. Uh, and this, wearing these caps, this cap has been a trademark. I'll wear it for the rest of my life. And uh, it's funny that sponsors won't take a picture of me with their cap on. They want me to wear the Tennessee cap. And it's always a wow. result of what you did. And I said, I love you, Coach, and I'll I'll be in touch with you. And wow. they they said uh, the guy that said he said he had tears in his eyes uh, when he could hear he heard me, and they shot a picture of him, and they sent me the picture of him. He he was a great guy. He was a great coach and a great guy. He was a great coach when he was at Tennessee, and he was a great coach at Florida, and he was a great coach. He was a great AD at Tennessee and Florida. So, but. He was the guy responsible for the Tennessee Caps. Okay. Now you mentioned you've mentioned a couple of times uh, about your sponsors. Tell me about some of your sponsors. Let's throw them out there. Well, I've been blessed to have good people. Without good sponsors, you know, uh, Tennessee Tourism has been a sponsor for a long, long time. Mercury Marine has been a sponsor of mine for my oldest sponsor for over 50 years. Uh, my outboard, uh, my outboard motor sponsor, uh, Bass Pro is a key sponsor of mine. That been Johnny Marsh has been with me for umpteen years. Uh, Zebco Quantum uh, is now under a new new ownership, but uh, Zepco has been a sponsor for um, 10 years. Uh, uh, I'm just thinking of the sponsor, major sponsors that we have. We have other sponsors uh, right. that uh, have been with us. Uh, Millennium is a big, big sponsor that makes uh, seats uh, for us. We have uh, uh, I just, I, my mind's just gone blank as far, but I, I totally big, understand. Big you've 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 got you've got a lot of sponsors, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to Bill Dance. Bill, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today, and and hey, listen, uh, have a blessed day. I've friend. enjoyed every minute of it, and I appreciate you thinking of me and giving me an opportunity to talk to you. But anytime hey. I can, every time we can share a minute, give me a holler. I'll be around. <laughs> You've been listening to And Now You Know, from pop to doo-wop, from bluegrass to hip-hop. No matter the music, the musicians always have stories. And our passion is to bring them from their mouths to your ears. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Facebook at And Now You Know. Send your emails to andnowyouknowtim at gmail.com. See you next time.